or turn to your Bibles in um, Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through to 41. I'll just give you a second to get there. <clears throat> you all know this story. And when Skalk was praying in the back this morning, I thought he started to pray this prayer. And I was like, really, Brew? Keep quiet now. This is my, this is my message. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so from verse 35, it says, On the same day when evening had come, he, sat, he said to them, let's go over to the other side. And they were talking about the Sea of Galilee here. So leaving the crowd, they took him with them, just as he was, in the boat, and other boats were with, were with him. And a fierce windstorm began to blow, and the waves were breaking over the boat, so that it was already being swamped. But Jesus was in the stern, asleep, on the sailor's leather cushion. And they woke him, and they said, Teacher, do you not care? that we are about to die. He got up and he sternly rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Hush, be still, and the wind died down. And there was at that time a great calm, a perfect peacefulness, and Jesus said to them, Why are you afraid? Do you, do you still have no faith and confidence in me? They were filled with great fear, and said to each other, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, I want to say to you this morning that not one of you here has never been through a storm. And anyone that hasn't ever been through the storm, I want to be your friend. I want to learn from you how that works. Because in life we go through many, many storms. And it doesn't have to be a wind and a sea storm. It can be many storms. Many, many storms. You can be waiting for that dreaded result for the doctor. That is a storm. You can be waiting for the dreaded reply from the bank manager. That is a storm. These storms are all real. They're all real. I pinched a, a, a little bit of a, a thing from a guy that I heard preaching. And he said that faith is like a bridge. Faith will take you from one mass over to another mass. Not mess, mass. Which means that there's a bridge across there. Which means that you have to move from this side of the bridge, where you are presently, across to the other side of the bridge. That is faith. Faith is not, I have faith. In what do you have faith? You have to walk your faith. Faith is a walk. You have to walk. You have to decide that you want to get from where you are today to the other side. That bridge might be short. It might be long. It's the same with a storm. A storm can last for years. A storm can last for days. A storm can last for minutes. It all depends on you if you want to live in that storm. So, Jesus was preaching to the crowds, 
he had been preaching all day to the crowds. And he was tired. He was very tired. And he said to the disciples, let's get into the boat and let's go over to the other side. He wanted some peace and quiet. He was tired. So they did exactly that. They got into the boat. Jesus got in the boat with them. It says that in the scripture. He got into the boat with them and they started off to the other side. And as they started off, this sea and the wind rose up and it became a horrendous storm. It was even filling the boat with water. Now, I don't know if any of you people have watched that uh, TV program on Discovery, Deadliest Catch. When I see that, I want to run a mile because those boats get tossed around like they're a bit of driftwood and they're quite big boats. Now, I don't think Jesus and his disciples were in such a big boat and they didn't have a motor to help them. Well, I don't know what they had. So anyway, that being said, there's no ways that that storm was not a horrific storm. And those guys were absolutely petrified. But now I want to break this down into three things. We actually have three storms here. We have a circumstantial storm. We have an emotional storm. And we have a theological storm. And I'm going to break that down. But before I break that down, I always like to give personal stories of what, what has happened in my life. And as I was preparing this message, the Lord brought to me a couple of incidents that have happened in my life. And believe me, I didn't get gray like this because of my children. I'm gray like this because of storms. <laughs> so that my kids are off the hook for that. <laughs> so anyway, um, what I remember I asked Rustin last night, because it was Caitlin's birthday and we had a family gathering, and I asked him last night, I said, how old were you when we had that storm in the dairy? And he said he was around about nine or ten. Now, I want to paint this picture to, to you so that you understand the severity of this thing. He has this little boy of ten years old. He's in a milking parlor, and we're a meter into a hole, because that's how you do it. The cows are up here so that you can put the machines on. And we're in this hole, and there's cows on this side, and there's cows on that side. And the machines are down the middle, and you just swing them over. And, and this little boy of 10 was quite a dairyman, I must tell you. He loved the cows, and he was very dedicated to what he did. But he had a disadvantage in that he couldn't stand like I could stand. He had to stand on a box. So he used to take the back few cows, and I used to do the front few cows, whatever. But he had his little box there, and he used to stand on it. And we had been probably halfway through milking the cows. And I saw from the, from the southwest there was something coming. And the, it was probably, I can't remember the exact details because it was 30 years ago that this happened, 30 odd years ago. So the details are not, it's not like it was yesterday. And the sky started to become black from, the, from over that side. And it got blacker and blacker and blacker. And eventually the wind picked up. And it started to howl. And you know the storm that you've been in when the wind comes from this side and that side and this side and that side all at once. 
and the rain is doing the same thing, and it's coming down with vengeance. It's hitting everything. You can't hear anything in the dairy because it's hitting the roof. And we carried on milking. And then the lightning came. And the lightning struck that roof of the dairy. And it's, it hit every single cow that was standing inside there. And these things, now you must know, our staff disappeared. They were like disciplines. They just dissolved. <laughs> and the only people left in the dairy was this little 10-year-old and me. That is it. Some of the cows had fallen through the stanchions and were halfway into the pit, moaning like, oh, like only cows can. They were completely paralyzed by this lightning strike. Now that, guys, is a real storm. That is a real, real, real storm. Okay. Now I don't want to dwell on that. I want to get back to the scripture. And I want to say that they were in this boat. They were in this boat and this storm arose. And guess what? Jesus was in the boat with them. But guess what? He was sleeping. Jesus was sleeping. How many times do you read in the Bible, Lord, where were you? If you had come three days ago, this wouldn't have happened. Lord, where were you? They were thinking the same. We're going through this storm. We're going to die. We're going to perish. And he's sleeping. So he is sleeping in the boat. And this circumstantial storm is taking place around them. Now, a very interesting thing that, I, that the Lord showed me while I was preparing this message. You can be in the will of God and still be in a storm. It doesn't mean that the storm happens when you're not in the will of God. It can happen. How do you know that you're in the will of God? You're in the will of God simply when you are doing what He's told you to do. When God tells you to do something, you're in the will of God. So if you're in the will of God and He's with you, He was in the boat. He told them. He's, how do we know that, that they were in the will of God that particular day? Because he said to them, get into the boat. Let's get into the boat. Let's go to the other side. So he commanded them. They were doing the will of God. But yet they were in the storm. And this storm was raging, proper raging. And, you know, the will of God is a place that we all need to strive to be in. Because when you're in the will, I think there's a lot of oldish people here, the young ones might still be finding their way, but I promise you, let me hear it from me, it's easier to try and be in the will of God than outside of the will of God. If you're in the will of God, things will not always go perfectly. You will still be in the storm. People, you need to hear that today. You must never feel that because you're in a storm and you're doing what God wants you to do, that there's something wrong with you. It's not the case. We all go through storms. Storm makes you stronger. It makes your faith stronger. If you didn't go through storms and trials and tribulations, there'd be no purpose actually to this life, would there? You would, you would just be weaklings. 
But those storms make us stronger in our faith with Jesus. Amen. So we then have the circumstantial we have the circumstantial storm. Then we get to the one that, uh, before I move on to that, I also want to say to you that there's no ways. That storm that we had the night in the dairy, I couldn't walk outside and say to the storm, hey, not yet. Go over there. We're busy milking you. It came where we were. It came where we were. I mean, the audacity of it, that that storm came where we were. That is what happens. The storm will come. Where you are. So right, now we have, we move on to the next storm that's in this passage of scripture. They were full of emotion. Their emotions were out of control. Because what did they do? What did they say? They said to the teacher, teacher, do you not care about us? Don't you care that we're going to die? Don't you? That is emotion. And that's what happens when we go through a storm, doesn't it? We go through the storm and we're all fired up about what we're going to do. But the last thing we do is look to the cross and say, Lord, please, I need you. I don't know what to do. I, I'm done. But we don't do that. Now... I want to tell you another quick story. I got permission to tell you the story, so I won't get into trouble afterwards. Um, we, as a family, went away up to the Drakensberg, also around about the same time when the children were small. And um, we went up camping in the Maha camp, and there's a hike there called the Crack in the Mudslide. Now, the Crack is a huge, two huge big rocks that you walk up through, but it's a long hike. And then you walk along the escarpment, and then you come down the, the mudslide. Now, a mudslide to me is on your bum, down you go. Uh-uh. No. This was, a, this was a turbo boosted mudslide. So we all got up there. The kids were all small. Dudley was probably about 12. Rustin was 10. I don't know. They were all around about there. And they had their cousins with them. And we set off on this hike. We got up through the crack. We walked along the escarpment, and we got to the mudslide. The mudslide is vertical like that. That's the mudslide. And the only thing that helps you on the mudslide is there are roots of the trees that are growing out of the cliff. That's all that you've got to hold on to. So, not a problem. These little rats were up and down like yo-yos. But it was far. I can't remember. I don't know if yo's can remember. It was... 25, 30 meters, more, I don't know, I can't remember. I can't remember details like that because I had another storm brewing in my, in my cup. My wife got to the top, she put her foot down, the first one grabbed onto the root and she froze. So now we had a big storm. <laughs> she just froze. So, uh, and these oaks are running up and down, like literally like rats. Come on, mom. Come on, mom. Up and down, up and down. I'm saying, stop it. Mom is not in a good place. So I got in behind her and I took her hand and I said to her, right, let go of this hand. I've got you. And I took her hand and I put it onto the next one. And then I said, right, now let go of that hand. She wouldn't let go. 
I said, let go your hand. I have got you. And I took her hand and I put it down. And then I said, right, now take your left foot and move it down. Okay? And that's how I got her down that thing. And that's how Jesus helps us. Amen. That is how Jesus helps us. One step at a time. It was a major, major, major problem. My wife would have stayed there. We would have, she would have been petrified wood by now. She said to me, halfway down, I'm going to be sick. And I said to her, if you be sick, you're going to anoint a lot of people down there. So don't be sick. And she didn't. Fortunately, she didn't. And eventually, after a lot of time, we got it down. But guys and ladies, the Lord will always take your hand. He will always put your hand where your hand needs to be. But you need to ask Him for help. You need to, you need to walk that faith. That is the bottom line. Then we come to another part of the scripture where we go onto the theological side of things where the disciples challenged Jesus and said to him, Teacher, do you want us to perish? We all know the answer to that. The answer to that is no, he doesn't want us to perish. But through the emotion, through the circumstance, that is how they felt. And how many times do we as human beings feel like that? That we're in a circumstance, we're emotional, and now we're blaming the Lord. Where were you? I needed you yesterday. Where were you? Now, I go back to my life. And you all know it's my birthday today, and I'm 65. Right? I am. <laughs> and I, when I look back through my life, I see that thread. I see every time he took my hand and he put it there and he said, that's where you need to be. And then he took this hand and he's done that for 65 years. And I give him all the praise for that. Then there's another, there's another problem that we have. In verse, in verse 40, Jesus asks them, he says to them, why are you so afraid? Do you not have any faith? He said to them, they should have known when he said to them, let's go to the other side, that they should have trusted him and had faith that he was going to get them to the other side. But because of the circumstance, because of the emotions and because of their theological blaming of Jesus for not doing what he, what he should have done, they missed out on the fact that he is sovereign. The last verse of this scripture fills me. I don't know, I don't have the right word for it. They were filled with great fear. They said to each other, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? 
You see, in the beginning, they said, they addressed him as teacher. He was just their teacher. Had they not realized yet that he was the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, the Son of God. That day, they realized that he was the Son of God. They, that realization came to them that he is the Son of God, that this man could calm the sea. This man could, could break the fishes and the, and the loaves and feed the 5,000. This man could walk on the water. This man could go to the cross and die and after three days rise. That is the Lord that we serve. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. So to me, that last verse is very exciting because we serve a living God. And I want to tell you today, I'm going to ask in a moment for the ministry team to come up to the front. And I'm going to ask you today that if you've never ever been in that position where you've asked the Lord to help you, today is the day that you need to come up here and let somebody pray for you and ask the Lord to help you through that storm that you're going through because every single one of you are going through storms. Every single one of you are going through something. And the Lord wants you to strengthen that faith. And the other thing I want, you to, I want to do today is that I don't want to lose the opportunity of saying that if there's anybody here today that, if, that has never asked the Lord Jesus to come into their life, that today is the day. If the Lord has been sitting here this morning with this simple message and knocking at, at your heart, won't you, when I give the call, won't you come up and give your life to Jesus? He wants to be the one. He wants to be the one that walks with you through this life. And I promise you, it's much easier to walk with him. Then I can go, I know lots of you in this church very, very well, some of you. I can go to you for advice and advice and advice and advice. But I tell you something, with, with all due respect, your advice is not really worth much. The, your, advice is, is, your advice is good, but the only advice that really counts is what comes from Jesus. Amen. Jesus is the one that will guide us and show us. I'm not being disrespectful when I say that, but you can't do what Jesus can do. You're not there. So your advice might be good. Don't buy this car, you know, buy, only buy Ford. But, you know, <laughs> that's good advice, you know. But only Jesus can guide you in that situation when you are absolutely petrified and in a place where you can't do it yourself anymore. That is what I'm talking about today. If there's anybody here today, don't walk out of those doors without saying to the Lord, I need you to be the one that takes my hand off that route and puts it onto that route and keeps me safe. Because otherwise, I'm sorry, life's not worth living without Jesus. Amen. So having said that, I, would, I want to close the meeting now. I've, um, I'm not um, wanting to say any more. I've said what I want to say now. And I hope that in this, you will have found something, a gem somewhere along the line that you can say, well, I didn't know that and I'm going to do this from now onwards. And I just pray that that would be the situation. So can we all just pray now and then I want the, the ministry team to please come up. And guys, don't be ashamed. We're all family here and 
we all want you to see everybody you know, go forward and, and not be stuck in, in these storms of life. Because they will come. They're relentless. And some of them are vicious. So guys, please, the ministry team, come up. Thank you. Right, you just close your eyes. Lord, we just thank you that your word is so powerful. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that, that you died on that cross for us and that you rose again. And that, Lord, you only have our best interests at heart. We know, Lord Jesus, that you love us with an everlasting love. You have your arms around us. And, Father, I ask this morning that if there's anybody that's hurting here, that they would have the courage and the faith to walk over that bridge, to do the act of walking over that bridge and come to you this morning. And I just thank you, Lord, for the opportunity of bringing your word, which is so precious. And, Lord, as your people go out today, that you would bless them, that you would keep them, and that you would bring them back next week better than they were this week. And we thank you for that. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, anybody that wants prayer, please come up. Don't leave it until tomorrow or the next day. Okay, you can all go and drink coffee quietly if you want.
my life, you have been so, so good. Take every breath, here I am in you. And I will sing. 